Well, hello and welcome to our um, Bible study here. Pastor Josh and Pastor Smith, we're glad that you've joined us here as we continue to go through uh, Luther's small catechism, particularly the Apostles' Creed. And last week we began the second article of the Creed, which is, okay, we, had, we started with the Father, so we have Father, Son, Holy Spirit, so now the second one is the Son, and that's the, the person of Jesus Christ. And we had a lot to say, <laughs> and now um, we've, we've got a lot more to say, and we'll be talking about um, the work of Jesus to, uh, to redeem us, you know, to, um, to purchase and win us, to, to buy us back from our, our sinful condition. And then we'll also talk uh, a little bit more about, um, well, here is just a little bit of a teaser, I guess. Um, we'll talk about why the resurrection is such a big deal. And then if we have time, we might get into a few other things as well. Um, but if you have the, the officially sanctioned um, catechism for this, for this class, <laughs> uh, we're on page 176. But if you have any, um, any catechism at all, if you find the Apostles' Creed, the second article, um, hopefully as we start talking, kind of page through, and be like, oh, okay, I think they're about there in the discussion um, on Jesus. So I want to reread uh, just a part of uh, the meaning that Martin Luther wrote uh, to go along with the second article of the Creed. So, and I'll stop in the middle because we're, we're not going to treat it all today. But this is what he says. He says, I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. Okay, that was the section that we kind of did last time. This is what we're going to focus on today. Um, Who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. Okay, we'll stop there for now. Um, but Pastor Josh, I guess one of the things that I'm, that I'm interested in, um, some of the language there talking about being redeemed, how we're lost and condemned, um, why question 163 here in the catechism it says uh, why did we need to be redeemed a synonym for that might be rescued um, what was our situation we were hopeless we were I mean the Bible describes our spiritual state a lot of different ways uh, blind dead mm-hmm. lost um, condemned you know like there are mm-hmm. a bunch of different ways yeah. Uh, all of them highlight different aspects of it, but we were, we were hopeless. Um, and uh, I think, I think too, like it kind of, um, to think about being spiritually hopeless is, is kind of different from how we think about like being hopeless today. Like it just kind of is, is different because uh, we don't see it, right? I think that's why uh, we don't, we don't know the direct effects, like what it means to be hopeless in our in our bodies, uh, spiritually, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's why uh, there's so much in the world of like, well, why do you guys focus on, why do you Christians focus on eternity so much 
And, you know, the, just this distinction between present life and, and eternal or spiritual life. Um, but I guess that's taking us down a different rabbit trail. Well, do you mean that most people that are in a state of spiritual hopelessness really aren't aware of it? Is that what you're, what you're yeah. trying, to start, trying to say? Okay. Yeah, yeah and yeah. just, it's because you don't, it's just uh, an abstract concept for those who are mm-hmm. <laughs> not aware that they are spiritually hopeless. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there there is a, there might be an ignorance there, um, but then also there might be just a, a rejection of that, mm-hmm. of any of those concepts. So then, yeah, so, so then you, have, you might think that we're being very silly, <laughs> mm-hmm. thinking about that. Oh, no, it's just, just this life and then there's nothing else, you know. Yeah, that would certainly, certainly change things. Um, okay, so... Well, I, I think that, and we're, we're going to get into um, a, a couple of theological terms here in just a minute, but it is kind of shocking, startling to think, like, wait, like, we're all, like, we are, we are all lost and condemned, we're all uh, hopeless, like, to begin with. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh, well, some people, you know, some people are a little worse off than others. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we were born. You, you said you know, spiritually blind, dead, and and even um, enemies of God. Mm-hmm. So that's like, what I forgot. Yeah, that's our that's our default setting. Mm-hmm. Is that we are we are born like spiritually dead. We are not in relationship with God. That's it's kind of like and so you know you think about like a tiny little baby, you're like how right? How could that be possible? Um, so, yeah, it seemed like you, you wanted to say something. I, I just had an image come to mind. Uh, it's it's going to uh, indulge the nerdier side, but uh, <laughs> the image just came, like, in Lord of the Rings, uh, is it the Urukai who are, like, born, like, they, like... You've seen Lord of the Rings, correct? Yeah, okay. yeah. It's it's been a little while, though, yeah. They're, like, you know, underground, and they're, like, ripped out of this, like goo in this sack and they're just like and they're like ang- like they're they're ugly they're angry they're mm-hmm. they're just aggressive and I just think like it's been a while for these are these are the orcs the like orcs are the that... Urukai. like I, I okay. there's one that's like meaner and nastier than the other okay. yeah. and they show them being born and they're yeah. just Uglier, nastier, angrier. Are you sure? You're not showing this to Abby, are you? Not yet. Okay, not yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, started with something lighter first. <laughs> um, but I just think that that's, uh, you know, from the very, and that yeah. doesn't even get at it because, mm-hmm. you know, from the moment of conception, yeah. uh, you know, where life begins, we're that. But I just think that's a good visual of like, you know, these creatures right as they're they're leaving their, their birth sack or, you know, whatever it is. And they're, they're ugly, nasty, yeah. aggressive. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's just that's us spiritually before God. Mm-hmm. And like you said, might be in the appearance of all oh, this cute little baby. But if you look on the inside, that's what it is. That's, mm-hmm. ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it begins, that's a, hard, that's a hard thing. It's a hard concept for us to even hold. Um, because it just it doesn't appear to be that way. So you know, like, well, we we focus on the sweet innocence of the of the baby, but mm-hmm. 
But that's why, I mean, yeah, there, there's so much more going on in baptism than than our eyes can even see. Yeah. It is truly like a like a cosmic warfare going on where like the spirit of God is replacing Satan mm-hmm. in that person's life. Yeah, it's it's crazy to, to think about. But but Luther gets at that, you know, with the with the whole the part of the um, baptismal rite that we sometimes will do is you know like do you renounce the devil do you renounce all his works all his ways um, that's getting to that that concept and and kind of the the shorthand way of saying all this um, is that we're born with original sin uh, so we're born we're just born by nature sinners it's inherited from Adam and Eve so like everyone born after them um, except for Jesus and you know we kind of talked about that last time mm-hmm. um, is born a sinner and so that's that's your default that's like your factory setting you, know, you have to change <laughs> God changes the settings uh, in baptism you know mm-hmm. uh, normally water like destroys toys but <laughs> but, but water uh, in, with God's word saves us so we have we have original sin, um, and and so we we have to have God's intervention in our life. And so we have to have the work of Jesus to redeem us, to buy us back. You know, we are in you could say the kingdom of Satan, and He takes us out of that. It's a rescue mission for every single person. Uh, we're all in the same boat to begin with. Um, so none of us really have anything to to brag about if we <laughs> yeah um, okay so yeah I, I think I think that pretty well covers yeah question 164 also you know how did we come to be lost and condemned uh, again it's not like everybody's born good and then some fall off and then others kind of just remain in the good on the good side <laughs> it's actually like everyone's bad and God is you know rescuing people um, anything else on on that Discussion? Any any of those? Well, I, well, that's okay. We'll uh, okay. 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 Well, I think we'll we'll talk more about this as we go um, through the through the next few questions here. So we'll, we'll go to like the uh, questions one sixty six, one sixty seven, and one sixty eight. And these questions say, "How did Jesus rescue me from sin? Um, how did he rescue me from the devil? And how did he rescue me from death?" So we have uh, sometimes, I think we, we might, I, I think of this at, at least, like I kind of think of these three as like the big three, <laughs> like the big three enemies, um, you know, and because we'll say that all the time, like it's part of the gospel presentation. Jesus has saved us now by his death and by his resurrection from our sin, from death, from the power of the devil. And Luther talked about this all the time. Um, and those, those are... Um, I mean, yeah, I, I can't think of another another one to add. Really, those are those kind of encompass all the things that we're most afraid of, our our greatest fears, and mm-hmm. things that try to you know ruin us in this life. Um, so, so how? I guess first of all, so the questions are, you know, how did he do these things? So, how did Jesus rescue us? Um, first, we'll say from sin. How did how did he rescue us from sin? Well, I think. In one sense, you kind of answer all three of them in the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then go individually. Okay, well, yeah, answer, answer all three first, yeah. Uh, he defeated them, you mm-hmm. know, like he, 
he took their power away from them by, uh, by defeating them. And, and he did that. Uh, he defeated sin by being, he defeated our sin by living the perfect life and taking our sin upon himself mm-hmm. and, and paying for it. And so that takes sin's power away from us. Uh, he defeated the devil by, I guess you'd say, part of it is, is uh, being, you know, kind of like the remaining sinless mm-hmm. uh, by avoiding or uh, resisting his temptation, you know, kind of like the reverse of uh, what Adam and Eve did mm-hmm. um, when they did not resist. And, uh, and then he defeated death by, by dying, but then taking the power away from that by rising again. Mm-hmm. And so all three things really happened. They came to a head on the cross, and their paths diverge a little bit in how each one was defeated. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's all about Jesus. It's all, it's all about the cross. You can't escape those. Uh, you can't escape the cross. Yeah. I'm talking about Jesus. Yes, I mean, it, it, there's a lot more, you know, Jesus is, is working out the process all throughout his life, but it definitely culminates in the cross and mm-hmm. the empty tomb. Um, yeah, because I mean, like, every day of, the, of his, you know, 33 years on the earth, you know, he could have theoretically um, abandoned the mission or failed the mission, I suppose, you know, I, and... Um, yeah, to, to the, and the Catechism talks about um, in the, the question about how did Jesus rescue us from the devil, you know, it's, it, it says uh, he defeated Satan by obeying his father's will throughout his earthly life, even going all the way to the cross, all in our place. Um, and then it cites, one of the things it cites is Matthew chapter 4, which is the temptation in the wilderness where Satan is trying to uh, give Jesus different paths. You know, and, and one of the things that I, I've been told is he was trying, uh, I don't think this is like breaking news or anything, uh, but he was trying to, to get him uh, to take his eyes off of the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, 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 you know, think like, oh, there's maybe alternate routes. I've, I've never seen this movie, but I've heard about it, and I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I've heard good and bad things, but the, the final, I think the last, it's called The Last Temptation of Christ. I, I've never seen it either. Have yeah. you heard of it? I've heard of it, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, I think, I think it's with Willem Dafoe as, as Jesus, I think. Okay. But, uh, it's a, like, it shows Jesus, like, what, it shows Jesus living a, a normal life, you know, not going to the cross, having friends oh, okay. and not having People yeah. wanting to kill him, having a, a wife and kids, mm-hmm. and it shows like what his life could be like. But then, apparently, spoiler alert: the last one of the last things is it like zooms out, and it's like he's seeing these things what could be as he's dying on the cross, and so mm-hmm. he chooses to, to give up those things and stay on the cross. And so, mm-hmm. um, obviously, it's one of those things where it's a little bit of artistic license, right? Yeah. The Bible doesn't say that, so mm-hmm. you know you're taking a little bit of liberty about something that Jesus may or may not have been thinking but it it really does bring out this beautiful point is he could have he could have gotten been rid of the suffering been rid of being hated mm-hmm. had a, a life that was just you know good good a, a good life for a, a Jewish man back then mm-hmm. but he didn't yeah he kept yeah, his eyes yeah. on the cross it makes it, yeah but for the joy that was set before him yeah, yeah he endured the cross yeah Hebrews 12 
one and two. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's that's good. I I don't know. Yeah, I've I've heard of that movie, but I, I don't know. I didn't know anything about it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, now you do. But now you've ruined the ending for me. Yeah. So I'll probably never watch it. <laughs> probably just watch the Paw Patrol movie again uh, for the not going, nineteenth time. Not going blockbuster and pick that up. <laughs> blockbuster. Yeah. There is one more blockbuster available, right? Is in like Oregon? Oregon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go there. Um. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's. I, I'm thinking about this just right now. Was was Satan upset when Jesus died on the cross? Because I feel like I, I have thought to myself before, like on Good Friday, Satan thought that he had won, like when Jesus breathed his last. But but if he was trying to get Jesus not to go to the cross, yeah. then maybe he thought, oh, man, he did it. He actually did it. You know, Mm-hmm. Um, so this this is just an interesting because I feel like I've even years ago you know <clears throat> preached about how like, Satan thought he had the you know like I mean obviously like Jesus earthly enemies were thrilled about the outcome mm-hmm. um, and, and I, I don't know yeah maybe that's that's uh, we're trying we're speculating on the the rooting interests of Satan <laughs> you know here but but you know what my mind went to is the fact that Satan entered into Judas betray him mm-hmm. so yeah you know it's one of those things where like yeah I mean, this this is plan b yeah <laughs> yeah it's speculation at this point because yeah. you know satan has been around for a long time he's gotten very crafty and whatnot mm-hmm. he knows he knows a thing or two because he's seen a thing or two you know like the yeah. farmer's market commercials or farmer what is it farmer's insurance farmer's insurance okay. farmer's <laughs> um but he's not all-knowing and yeah. so, I don't know. I, I think yeah. it's very possible that, like, you know, this is how he thought he was, Yeah. you know. I, I know it's not exactly a one-to-one correlation, but mm-hmm. the, the parable of the, the vineyard, or the, mm-hmm. when the owner sends all these people and they kill him, oh, yeah. and then he sends his son and, you know, they kill him too. Yeah. They 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 would have thought that they were they thought they were getting something by killing the yeah, son. Yeah, uh huh. Exactly. And so I just wonder if there's a little bit if you could apply a little bit of that to where Satan's like, yeah, I've been waiting for this opportunity. Let's you know either get him to denounce this whole thing or yeah. you know kill him. Yeah. So, yeah. well, I he definitely definitely his one of his game plans or his his predominant game plan is to drive a wedge between the father and the son. Mm-hmm. You know, to to try to get the son. Not to follow the path set forth by the father, um, and so I mean, and that, and that could that outcome could could come about in many different ways. It could be any type of a yeah, like just departure from you know just some a, a sin or anything anything else that would take him away from what he came to do. Uh, but but you're right; it may be that Satan didn't know exactly what was going to happen. By his death, and he thought, "Well, okay, well, at least we'll kill, <laughs> at least we'll kill him." It's yeah. like the Hail Mary play yeah. or something. Um, but I mean, you know, Jesus is, uh, you know, he's in the garden. He's, you know, he's praying fervently, and I, I think that might, might have been one of Satan's final attempts there um, to try to get Jesus, you know, not to drink the cup, mm-hmm. um, and that, you know. The, the mocking voices. Well, if you're really the Christ, then come down from the cross. You know, there's all these off ramps that Jesus could have taken 
like every day. I mean, we all, I mean, that's the same for all of us, right? We have all yeah. a bunch of off ramps that we can take mm-hmm. from following Jesus that'd be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'd be a lot easier to get off the cross and, you know, kill all his enemies or something. And then, yeah. yeah go, go somewhere else, yeah. Um, but Jesus, Jesus sticks it out. And, uh, and then, yeah, so, so the, you know, sinless life is, you know, how he rescues us from sin. He, uh, going back to, to that one, uh, the Catechism actually talks about how he, how he appeased the wrath of God by being <laughs> sinless, but then dying in the place of all the sinners. Which, that, that's a concept that we don't really like to talk about, is God had wrath against the, you know, but he's, he's a just God, mm-hmm. and if there's sin, it must be punished. You know, just like Old Testament, there's sin, blood must be spilled. You know, it's animals back then, now... Um, we've got uh, a human, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, who who spills his blood, and now we don't need we don't need any more blood um, after that. Yeah, in Old Testament, and then a little bit of New, New Testament talks about a cup of wrath. Oh yeah, you know, God says He's going to make His enemies drink every last drop, mm-hmm. and in that situation, Jesus is like His enemy; He's taking the place of the enemies of God. Yeah, and so. The enemies of God drink every last. The enemy yeah. of God drinks every last drop, and then yeah. obviously, you know, for the people who are not atoned for, mm-hmm. people who do not come to, to believe that, you know, Jesus has rescued them. Yeah. Well, then they're going to have to drink every mm-hmm. drop of God's wrath when yeah. Jesus comes again. Yeah, that, that's such a. Um, if you're not very familiar, this is a little cup of wrath tangent. But if you're not that familiar with the Old Testament. You might only know that you know. What does Jesus talk about drinking this cup? You know, because he mentions it a few times in the Gospels. You know, the um, James and John and their mom come up and they're can like, "Hey, can we cup? be the right, the right and left hand in your kingdom?" And he's like, "You don't even know what you're asking. Now, can you guys drink the cup?" Yes, yes, we can. <laughs> like, okay, well, you're also going to die. <laughs> well, well, John, I mean, John didn't die a, you know, a, a martyr's death, but, um, but you know, yeah. So, so he talked about them, but then it is. I, I preached on. I preached on the that a few years ago and did a lot of research and I found there's like 70 verses or something from the Old Testament where it talks about like in all the prophets it's like how many times does Jeremiah talk about the <laughs> cup of God's wrath let's say every chapter almost I'll have to get those notes from you yeah yeah it's preparing uh, for Good Friday it's, it's pretty crazy um, okay so so Jesus and then how does he rescue us uh, from death well, the Catechism says he put death to death by his own death and resurrection. How many times can you say death in one sentence? <laughs> um, but yeah, death. Death is dead. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like uh, Good Friday, Easter is like. Well, it's it's not it's not yet. You know, we have to we have to think about that from like First Corinthians fifteen. It, it clearly says that. Um, Death is the last enemy that will be defeated. Jesus has defeated death. Um, so that, that victory for us to experience is still to come. Um, but I guess like the last day is kind of going to be uh, death's funeral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And there's not going to be any eulogies. No. <laughs> like, there's nothing good you can say <laughs> about death. No. Um, except that Jesus went through death uh, to save us from eternal death. Um, <laughs> So Jesus, yeah, I mean, the answer is, you know, how are we saved from sin, death, and the power of the devil? The answer is Jesus. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's the children's message answer. It's, it's Jesus. When in doubt, that's the 
children's message, and that's the Lutheran answer. I mean, that, that should be the, the Christian answer. Mm-hmm. It's just that, that it's Jesus. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, when you're studying anything to do with the creed, and especially the second article, it should just be um, cross, empty tomb, cross, empty, I mean, just again and again. Um, so we've been talking about the cross a lot, but let's get into now... Um, what what's what's the big deal about Easter? <laughs> so uh, that's question uh, one sixty nine, and I think this is this is kind of a it's kind of a funny thing. You know, we will a lot of times say Jesus died for me. Awesome, keep saying that, but we don't always pair it with Jesus died and he rose again. I mean, when we say Jesus died for me, it's not like we're not like we're saying, well, and he's still dead, you know. We just talk about the cross so much. Like, that's like, oh, that's where he paid the price for my sins. That's where he, you know, forgave me. Uh, but then we don't always talk about Easter quite as much. And maybe it's because, like, in the season of Lent, we try to talk as little about Easter as we can because we're focused on our sin. We got the big cross in the church and everything. Um, it's all about the cross. All the, the songs are about the cross. And then we talk about Easter, like on Easter Sunday. We have this whole season of Easter, but then maybe we move on to, to other things yeah. <laughs> a little too quickly. Um, so let's, let's, spend a, let's spend some time here. Uh, so what, what does the Bible teach about Jesus' resurrection? Why is it so comforting to us? And there are um, four different things here that I think are, are really powerful um, on the, in the Catechism, page 182. So the first one says, uh, Christ's resurrection is the comforting testimony that he is the Son of God. Uh, you know, why, why do we, how does resurrection teach us that he's the Son of God, I guess? Well, I mean, he made the claim that he was the Son of God, mm-hmm. and so by, uh, by God raising him from the dead, that validates his claim. It's okay. part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that, that kind of, there's some overlap then between the first point and the second one, which the second one says that the resurrection also shows us that his teaching is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so Romans 1 verse 4 here in the Catechism says, He was declared to be the Son of God in power, according to the Spirit of Holiness, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. So there is, yeah, this powerful... And Paul talks about this in, in several different places, saying, like, yeah, this does... The, the resurrection kind of validates, backs up everything that he did and said in his ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one, one of the things... One of the ways that I was taught is, you know, Jesus saying that he was going to die and rise again was by far the most outlandish thing he ever said. <laughs> right? Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, he said some... If you put yourself in the position of Jewish people at that time, he said a lot of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. But the the fact that he was going to die and rise... I mean, the, the disciples, like... He said it three times, I think, to them. Um, he also did the, you know, the whole, why, yes, I will... You know, destroy this temple and in three days rebuild it again. There's there's a fourth one. Um, they, they didn't even seem to be able to 
even entertain the idea about a resurrection. I think it's because they, they get so bogged down on the suffering and the death part. Yeah. They're like, you know, certainly, you know, Peter, by no means will you do this, Jesus, you know. Um, and that, that's, again, that's another one where he says, get behind me, Satan. He's saying, you see, Satan's trying to, you know, make me get off track again from, from my path to the cross. Um and then, and then on the, I'm just rolling these out. You know, Mount of Transfiguration too. You know, let's build some tents and stay here. And you know, Jesus says, you know, I know I've got to, I've got to go down there. That, that's when I think it's Luke's gospel said his face was set toward mm-hmm. Jerusalem. Then from that point forward, you know, nothing's gonna hold him back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but but in in what sense is there anything more to say about the resurrection? Kind of like validating his words or his identity I guess um, yeah I, I just think there's something to like the Jesus being the first fruits um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. because in one sense humans don't come back from uh, come back to life from death mm-hmm. and so Jesus being the first fruit of it obviously being fully God and fully man yeah um, he set a new trend Mm-hmm. I guess you could say, and so yeah. uh, it just validates and then shows the the fact that you know, okay, this is how things things haven't been done this way, but Jesus, because he is God and man, is, is doing this in a new way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, <clears throat> um, yeah, perfect. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> so he is. So it. And I, th- I think it does also, after Jesus, after Jesus rises from the dead, I do think that the disciples were kind of replaying everything else. Okay, so like, everything, everything that he did and said, I think, took on greater meaning as yeah. well. Like when, they bro- when he broke bread with them, uh, with the, the two disciples. Oh, yeah. And then it was like, it clicked for them and they looked up and he was gone. It's kind of like in a movie when mm-hmm. things have been... Hints have been dropped, and mm-hmm. then at the end, the big reveal comes, yeah. and and just in waves it comes. You're like, wait a second, yeah, and then yeah, and it's just like mind, yeah. mind, mind blown after uh-huh. mind blown, and like you know, I I just you know I bet you know Peter's laying down to to go to sleep, and then he's like, and that's why oh, when he said get behind me, say oh yeah. it all makes sense, yeah. now. like yeah. I'm sure like, over time, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well yeah, you know there's certain movies or books that I have you know. Rewatched, reread after, and yeah, maybe like a big twist or something. Then you're like, oh, they actually put little clues, yeah, like all the way along, and you just you didn't have the eyes to see it um, yet. And so then I think that's you know Luke chapter 24, he does that basically like a Bible study with them mm-hmm. after his resurrection, so, and like he's telling them, yeah, you know, like not only just you know, don't just think about. Um, the things that we've done together in the last three years, but also think about the, the Old Testament, like, you know, they didn't call it the Old Testament, but like the scriptures, all the things that the prophets have said, the things that you guys have talked about, like in your family since you were kids, you know, looking forward to this happening, like it's been happening, guys. Yeah. Like all throughout this in this time you're following me, like I've been fulfilling these things. Mm-hmm. And and you know they just they just were yeah, like their their minds were blown. And you see that in the gospels too. Um especially I feel like John John has these little like parenthetical statements sometimes where he will make a little commentary on something. And you know, I mean obviously he's writing this um, you know, well after mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> m- many years have passed 
time for reflection and for the Holy Spirit to reveal even more. Um, so yeah, so it's it, it's pretty cool to think about that. Not only like, like does the resurrection kind of give like just like personal benefit to us, like and we'll we'll get to that to the big one. It's the last one, but um, but it also there's more going on um, in it. And then uh, the third one is that the if the resurrection means that the Father has accepted Christ's sacrifice for the reconciliation of the world. Um, you know, it's weird to think about, but there's a scenario where if Jesus had not lived a perfect life and then he had died, you know, that the Father, you know, I mean, it's, it's like every, every other person, right, that, yeah. that, that has lived. They've died and they have not come back yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it means that, you know, they, they were not the one. <laughs> they, were, they were not the perfect sacrifice. But, but God, by raising Jesus, uh, is proclaiming to the world, you know, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. You know, he has done all things perfectly. It is finished. Um, stamp of approval. Now, follow him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like an announcement to, to the whole world that, um, you know, and then, and then he says, you know, like, yeah, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I'm going to give you a mission now. Uh, so he's got... He's, he's got like a promotion, <laughs> you know, kind of, yeah, after, after the resurrection, I guess you could say. I don't know, that's probably heretical, but <laughs> it does, but I mean, that, that's a new thing, though, you know, mm-hmm. that, that he is talking about. Um, and then the, the last one is, is the one that I think we talk about the most, mm-hmm. and that's all who believe in Christ will rise to eternal life. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the funeral sermon right there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because Jesus lives this person will live also. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, uh, yeah, we got some amazing Bible verses here. Um, Jesus, I am the resurrection and the life. You know, because I live, you also will live. We've got 1 Corinthians 15. Yeah, yeah, the first fruits of the resurrection like you are talking about. Um, our <clears throat> resurrections are coming. It's just not quite yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything more on the resurrection? Um, well, I actually, I, I did have one thing I wanted to yeah, say, kind of just going back to the, the third day thing. I think this is something that it's, a, I'm sure a number of people have heard, but it's just a good reminder of like, well, how, we say Jesus rose on the third day. Well, he died on a Friday and how, mm-hmm. like, how does that work? And, uh, you know, in those days, well, for the, for the Jews, uh, a day was cons- like if you were touching a day, mm-hmm. it was considered a day. So he died, you know, three o'clock on uh, Friday afternoon. So that mm-hmm. was one day mm-hmm. in the grave Saturday, mm-hmm. and then Sunday morning, uh, he was touching the day of Sunday. And so yeah. that's you know it, it's something small, but yet you know if you haven't heard it, you may have wrestled with well, you know how he wasn't dead three full days, and well. You're right, it wasn't, we don't say he was dead three full days, he, mm-hmm. just according to how they kept track of days, he yeah. was dead three days. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember, yeah, lots of time in a seminary class talking about this, where basically, yeah, in in like Western, the, the way that like Westerners, Western half of the world, you know, more would count time is for one day, it would need to be like 24 consecutive hours. Um, you know, so like if you started something at like 11 p.m., you wouldn't really say that you were working on it for a day until you hit like the next 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, but for yeah for them they I think they the way that it was described to me was they they count days inclusively 
So yeah, it's like like you said, yeah, I hadn't yeah, like if you're touching one day, yeah. So even if he had died at eleven fifty nine well, bad example because like the day started at Sun up, sunset. Sun, also, yeah. <laughs> it was like you know there was evening and there was morning the first day. So that that's the the Jewish way of reckoning time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so yeah, I, I I used to kind of think that too when I was when I was younger, not that much younger really. <laughs> um, kind of like yeah, it's kind of an exaggeration of how long, which doesn't really matter. Like. What is it any more or less impressive that he was like? I'd be dead more impressed for... if it was full seventy-two. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. I mean, yeah, he wasn't dead as long as Lazarus. So you know why? You know, <laughs> Lazarus was four days, and you know, even maybe even dead longer. He's four days in the tomb. Um, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that that is, I think that that is another. You know, you might see something on the History Channel about like, right. well, here's another inaccuracy in the Bible. You know, it's. Uh, he wasn't really, you know, they, they can't even get their math straight. How can we trust them about other things, about life and death and salvation, <laughs> if they can't count? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. I, I think that's probably all the further that we're going to go uh, for today. There's a little bit more that maybe we'll just kick to the next uh, to the next time we get together. But, um, yeah, lots of, lots of Jesus talk. His work uh, to save us on the cross and the empty tomb, and what the resurrection means. I think, yeah, there's always there's always more that we can can talk about when it comes to Jesus. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, well, we are so glad that you joined us today. You know, join us again next week. Uh, join us for worship. We've got a lot of stuff, exciting stuff mm-hmm. going on. You know, we're um, we've got the Go Week with the as we're continue to go through our four G's and and how to follow Jesus here at St. Paul. And we've got the forgiving challenge coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pastor Josh is going to preach the first sermon for the forgiving challenge series uh, coming up in in about a week and a half now. So if you haven't got your book yet, get your book. We've got books for everybody here. Um, You can pick them up. You can, yeah, we're going to start the reading for that. Lots going on as we Mm -hmm. are heading into the season of Lent. And then we'll be able to talk about all this death and resurrection of Jesus uh, even more so so thanks pastor Josh Mm -hmm. thanks to all of you and God's blessings on the rest of your day